Amos chapter 4, verses 6 through 13. I gave you cleanness of teeth in all your cities and lack of bread in all your places. Yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. I also withheld the rain from you when there were yet three months to the harvest. I would send rain on one city and send no rain on another city. One field would have rain and the field on which it did not rain would wither. So two or three cities would wander to another city to drink water and would not be satisfied. Yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. I struck you with blight and mildew. Your many gardens and your vineyards, your fig trees and your olive trees, the locust devoured. Yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. I sent among you a pestilence after the manner of Egypt. I killed your young men with the sword and carried away your horses. And I made the stench of your camp go up into your nostrils. Yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. I overthrew some of you, as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, and you were as a brand plucked out of the burning, yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. Therefore thus I will do to you, O Israel, because I will do this to you. Prepare to meet your God, O Israel. For behold, he who forms the mountains and creates the wind and declares to man what is his thought, who makes the morning darkness and treads on the heights of the earth. The Lord, the God of hosts, is his name. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Joined today by the great, the fearless leader, the <laughs> beloved Barfaccio, Barrett Fisher. Glad to be here. Glad to have you as we continue through the the flowery fields of yeah. Amos. <laughs> so Flowery fields indeed. You know, uh, you would think the the phrase "prepare to meet your God" would be this like joyful, warm invitation, right? Um, but for the people of Israel in this moment in the Book of Amos, it's actually a blood curdling yes. and, and you know shivers down the spine kind of warning, totally, um, and rightfully so. Not because you know God just feels like turning on His covenant with His people. Uh, but because the people that he's brought and established in this promised land have become just like, and perhaps even worse than their surrounding like wicked nations that mm. they were called to drive out and, you know, reform, beautify this land in the first place. And this is a really striking passage. Uh, one particular reason to me is that God says specifically He's listing all of these uh, sort of afflictions that he has sent on the people of Israel mm -hmm. so that they would turn to him, so that they would repent from their wickedness. And they have failed to do so. And God is saying that he, he's been treating them and approaching them as Egypt and as Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm -hmm. And so Israel has become, the covenant people of God have become like, these very nations that they were delivered from and God is treating them as such. And right. so not at all the story that we would have expected to unfold after, you know, God makes this beautiful, powerful covenant with Abraham and yeah. Genesis. So Barrett, uh, we're, we're in kind of this gloomy passage that is ultimately meant to bring about repentance. And we're going to get more into that tomorrow, but what are your thoughts on everything going on here in chapter four today? Yeah, it's, it's interesting, you know, that 
over and over and over, obviously the phrase that was repeated is, yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. Yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. And it says that after every little little paragraph. Um, you know, this was a time in Israel where they were actually experiencing a lot of wealth. I mean, I was, I was reading a little bit on the book of Amos, and it was talking about how um, this is you know, the most prosperous time that they had experienced since the day of Solomon. And I mean, you think of Solomon and he, it goes through the list of like all, all of his possessions and his wealth and, and everything that he had. And so they were kind of back to experiencing, you know, this, um, this economic, uh, prosperity. And so for the average person, they probably would have looked around and said, man, God is really blessing us. Mm. And yet you get a guy like Amos who comes and is, is the mouthpiece of the Lord. He's a prophet and he's speaking to them. And he's essentially saying that, you know, some of these bad things that are happening to you, the Lord is actually bringing those on you and you're not picking up on the signs. You're not returning to the Lord. Um, yet you did not return to me. And that's, and that's the thing that's said over and over. And so I, I guess I, you know, it's interesting. I mean, we don't, we don't have an Amos in our day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I don't know that, you know, the, the biblical prophets of old are that there's a modern day equivalent necessarily. Um, and so we don't get Amos coming and like prophesying to us and kind of telling us what God is saying to us, but, it is just interesting that we we live in a land that is experiencing you know so much prosperity. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are materially more wealthy than uh, perhaps any other nation ever. You know, mm-hmm. and and there's other parts of the world that I think experience a, a similar amount of prosperity as America has. But um, you know, it's so easy to look around and and kind of get caught up in this like. Well, God is clearly blessing. Mm-hmm. I mean, look how much we have. Like, look, look, you know, we're you know, America's the leader of the free world, you know, and you you say all these things and, and it seems like God is truly blessing. And and I'm not I'm not necessarily trying to say, you know, that that America is like Israel at this time, but I do think it gives cause to to pause and maybe just to reflect on what our current situation is. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I'm kind of taking this like straight into an application uh, yeah. point, but I, I think it would, you know, it, it kind of begs the question, like, is God truly blessing us right now? Or, you know, are there signs all around us of how the Lord is bringing things against us? And this constant refrain is saying, yet you did not return to me, yet you did not return to me. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think, you know, obviously Amos is talking about the nation as a whole. So that's kind of interesting because sometimes we would say, well, I mean, I do feel like our church is like, we love the Lord and like we're committed to him and devoted to him. But like the nation as a whole, like is that. And so I, I don't know the exact equivalent to, you know, to put towards America or whatever or any other country. But I think it's just it's just pause to say, you know, are there and you can kind of take this down to an individual level. Are there, are there things that are happening in your life to where, you know, the Lord is trying to get your attention mm. and you might even be interpreting your life as like, man, I'm very blessed. Like the, God is for me. Who can be against me type deal? Mm-hmm. And God is saying, no, I'm not for you. I'm actually against you. I'm trying to get you to repent and to turn to me. Mm-hmm. And yet you did not return to me is the constant refrain. And so. Mm-hmm. I think it's an interesting 
thought to to just try to you know reflect on our maybe country as a whole or like a broader uh you know uh overview of 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 the people that we're a part of but then also maybe on a on kind of a personal individual level yeah you know i, I totally agree i think that we have this propensity to equate um good things happening in our lives it we we might automatically attach that to god's favor yeah and so you know whether whether it's like financial well-being or you know job stuff or whatever it is family stuff we we can really immediately attach that in kind of bible culture to god's favor towards us right and then we can also immediately attach hardship or you know sort of obstacles that we face as these like third party hardships or trials that are almost like disconnected from God's sovereignty. And I think mm -hmm. that it is certainly true that some of the obstacles, some of the challenges and, and hardships that we face in life are not direct punishments. You know, a, a lot of the suffering of, of sure. people close to me and to us, um, I would not say is directly because of sin in their life, but it's, sure. uh, you know, God, God at work in these, these ways to refine them, to, uh, glorify himself and, and to strengthen them. Uh, but I do think that we have to be careful. Um, I remember Colin Hansen made a really interesting point on think through it, uh, with, with D's a, a while back. It was the first thing through it episode. Hmm. And he was talking about how we as Christians even can think really secularly. And he was using COVID as an example of that, that this, this massive, uh, plague, came across right. the face of the earth, disrupted every international economy, you know, and almost every profession. And we only really discussed that in most church spheres as, you know, this political agenda right, right. of the left or of the right, yeah. um, you know, as this person's fault or that person's fault. And there was not much conversation on mm. what is God saying through this? What is God doing yeah. through this? And you can go too far and misconstrue that. Yeah. And I think that we as like modern Christians have seen that done. And so we're really weary of attaching, um, over spiritualizing maybe like these linking like it to events. the yeah to the return of jesus yeah exactly like reading the signs in revelation you know, exactly kind of, yeah but like i think we i at least have overcorrected to where i don't look for god's hand in hardships that i face often yeah. and i'm more kind of approach it secularly and that brings up this point that you know when we enter into fellowship with god i think a lot of the times my inclination and my instinct is that when I enter into fellowship with God, God becomes zealous for the things that I'm zealous for. Mm. And that, you know, kind of God's strength and passion and purpose wraps around my own yeah. and reinforces it. Mm. And so it's this little subtle prosperity gospel that I make when I approach God that way. When in reality, what Amos is saying is that when we enter into fellowship with God, our purposes, our zeal, our passion should actually shift and become aligned mm. with what God is passionate about. Yeah. And it's not about our comfort. It's not about our financial standing. Yeah. It's about justice. It's about righteousness. It's about holiness that yeah. is contagious and gross. Mm. And so I think that that is, you know, 
that is what Amos is getting after is that where you are equating the, the prosperity that you see with God's favor because you have some altars set up to him in Bethel and Gilgal. Right. And yet you are failing to see that your passion, your zeal is totally misaligned with God. Yeah. And so you're totally misconstruing these famines, these earthquakes, everything else. And yeah. you're missing a call to repentance. Yeah. And I mean, I'll, I'll you know, I, I'm not exactly sure when this is going to air, but uh, probably a few weeks back, we had a series on the book of Colossians and uh, Jackson preached one Sunday and, and then Jason preached yeah. the following Sunday. And um, it was very convicting to me. Mm. I, I mean, the one thing that Jackson said and Jason repeated it is that no matter how, how highly you think of Jesus, you do not think of him highly enough. Mm. And I think that's I think that's an absolutely true statement. And honestly, I, I was like, Jackson said it and it was like, man, that's that is so right and true. And I need to like chew on that. And then the very next week, like uh, Dee's preached on it again, you know, or, or mentioned that. And I was still in Colossians 1. And it, it just, I don't know. I, I took that and said, I don't think of Jesus highly enough. Mm-hmm. I know I don't. Mm-hmm. I know this is a true statement of me. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, is there a part of me that has, you know, I've just set up the altars in Bethel and Gilgal in my life. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I'm, I'm on a church staff. Like I'm called a pastor now. Like, of course I got things in order. Yeah. Or like, is my, you know, are my, are my heart's affections like for the Lord? Yeah. You know, and am I, am I like daily seeking after him to know him in a deeper way? Absolutely. And so I, I think we just need to, I think we need to check ourselves, and I I think the Book of Amos is 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 telling us that. Amen. You know, amen. It's not the it's not the flowery fields that you talked about. Yeah, but it can it can lead you back to the flowery fields. Yeah, absolutely. Of like the grace of God, if if we'll allow it to. Absolutely, and you know, even God's grace is shown here in that He doesn't just give Israel over and start afresh, hmm. and. Uh, he also doesn't strike without warning. And that's something that Amos has, has repeated so far. And that we've seen is that, um, God is actually sending these lesser punishments and he's sending prophets bidding Israel to return. And so Mm -hmm. it's something that we should take away too, is to, to be sensitive to the conviction of the spirit, to seek the conviction of the spirit and to live lives that reflect the justice and righteousness of God. Yes. So it's been another great day in Amos Another great day with the great Barfaccio. So much greatness here on our daily rhythm. And it's only going to continue. So for Barrett Fisher, this is Will Carlisle. And we'll see you tomorrow on our daily rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant. And Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.